Welcome to Around the Writer's Table, a podcast focusing on the crossroads of creativity, craft, and conscious living for writers of all ages and backgrounds. Your hosts are Gina, Melody, and Kim Boo, three close friends and women of a certain age who bring to the table their eclectic backgrounds and unique perspectives on the trials, tribulations, and the joys of writing. So pull up a chair and get comfortable here around the writer's table. Hello, listeners. This is Gina Edwards, and you are here with Around the Writer's Table. Joining me today is one of my co-hosts, Kim Boo York, and we're going to have a conversation today that was started in episode 30. But before we do that, what's been up with you, Kimbu? How you doing? <laughs> I am, well, as we were talking before we actually started recording, I am very busy these days. I have um, my ongoing uh, fantasy romance novel, Queen Zeri, is going up every week. Um, I've got where? Yeah, well, yeah, good point. Where is it? <laughs> You'd have to look for it. It's a secret. No. Um, so I have early access chapters going up on my Ream account, on my Ream Stories uh, subscription account. So if you want to support me and read the early chapters before everybody else, then you can join me there. If you're uh, okay with waiting, I'm uploading a chapter a week on. Gosh, everywhere. Wattpad, Royal Road, AO3, um, Substack. If you follow me on Substack, you've probably seen some chapters uploaded. So that's all out there. Uh, Transmigrated Terry has been delayed a little bit, but I do expect to get that uh, started posting again in December. And Please, which, I love that story. I, you do. <laughs> yeah, I, I realized one of the things that's holding me back a little bit is... Um, it's kidfic, which means that it's about children and mm -hmm. the main character isn't a child. She's, she's a full grown human, but she's basically taking charge of these children. And I realized, Ooh, I, as someone who's never had children, hasn't been around children. I think I need to do a little research on mm. childhood development because I'm just like, what do you do when you're nine years old? I don't know. I mean, I remember what I did, but so that was a little bit of the reason. But we know you're weird, so. <laughs> no, right? Like, it doesn't count at all. Uh, and of course, my next book um, on discovery writing, all about discovery writing, which you're helping with, Gina, Ooh, yes. is um, coming along really well. And I expect to be able to get that out sometime in January. No hard uh, release dates yet, but it's going to be soon. So awesome. And that's you, another one I can't wait for. I know. I know. And thank you for your support. Pushing me along has really helped uh, me get it going as quickly as it has. I'm, I'm enjoying it too. It's a lot of fun to explore that topic. So yeah, that's what's up with me and what's up with you, Miss Gina, what's in your life aside from all the well, travel you've been doing and we'll be doing, like we're recording this right after Thanksgiving. So uh, we're going into December, but you've got some travel coming up. Yeah, yeah. This this time of year is always, I think, a little bit tricky for all of us and just lots to do and a combination of, um, you know, family and fun stuff and necessary stuff and just trying to juggle it all. Oh, but yeah. I'm still, uh, I would say I'm still in that sort of reintegration stage after the last writing retreat. I uh, had a conversation yesterday with one of the women who attended the last one, and both of us noted that this time it has taken us longer to 
like get back to our normal worlds. And that happens often because, you know, we're in that secluded sort of um, sheltered and safe environment of the, of the retreat. And sometimes coming back to the real world can be a little overwhelming. But I'm already looking forward to 2024. I've got mm-hmm. dates set for the May retreat. There are still a few spots left for that. And then I've got a couple of women who've already registered for the fall retreat, which will be in October. So um, both of those are, are well on their way. I'm also, like you, publishing chapters of my novel, and we're going to talk a little bit about the differences between what I'm doing and what you're doing in this episode today. But my historical novel, Dancing at the Orange Peel, I am publishing both on my Ream Stories platform and on Substack. And the difference between the two is that on Ream Stories, if you're a real history nut, you can join me there to get annotated chapters where I talk a lot about the elements of Americana and pop culture that are happening at the uh, time frame of my novel, which begins in 1968. So there's a lot to talk about. As we know about that year, there was a lot going on, both uh, culturally, politically, uh, so many different things were happening at that time, and it's been fun for me to do do a deep dive into some of those aspects of it, and been a lot of fun pulling those chapters together. I love the I love the annotate. Like people, go check it out. Like join join her Reem page and get access to that. Because if you are a history nut, especially for that era, she's done so much research like i'm just like you've done so much research and the annotated uh chapters are just fascinating absolutely fascinating as most uh historical fiction writers i just love going down those rabbit holes and finding out (laughs) you know really obscure facts about things that sometimes i wonder if anybody cares about but me but i'm having fun doing it so (laughs) i'm sure there's somebody out there that would find it interesting and we've mentioned several times so i'm doing this this here and that there so tell the listeners kimbu how they find you and all these different things that you're doing Oh man, yeah. So I've created an online hub webpage called uh, for for everything that I do. It's called houseofyork.info, houseofyork.info, uh, which is online a website, and it's got links to everything. I'm trying to like rearrange it a little bit so it's easier on people. But if you don't know where else to go and you're looking where for where to find me, then houseofyork.info. We'll get you where you want to be, whether it's my books or my podcasts or my online blogs and pictures of my dogs. You know, it's all there. It's all there. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. And um, and for me, you can find out uh, all the different things that I'm doing on GinaHoganEdwards.com forward slash links. And links does have a capital L. The rest of the letters don't matter, but the L in links does need to be capitalized to get you to the right place. And you've got a lot going on too, so... Check us out, people. <laughs> so let's talk about um, let's talk about cereals, Kim oh, Boo. Let's, let's. This is a topic, topic that I absolutely knew nothing about until I met you. <laughs> <laughs> Bringing you over to the dark side is that what I'm doing? So, <laughs> uh, well, I, I I don't know. So far, it's been it's been the fun side, is what I have to say, because it has given me uh, some creative energy and. Um, possibilities that I never did see before. So I'm really mm-hmm. excited about that. We talked about uh, subscriptions in episode 30 
And I encourage our listeners to go back and listen to that if you aren't familiar with the concept of what subscriptions for authors is. Uh, basically, think like, uh, so you find your favorite author and they're writing deep dive into all the kinds of, of fiction that you really enjoy reading, and you can actually subscribe to them just like you would subscribe to Netflix. But you get a lot more than just buying their book on Kindle. You get... Uh, in some cases, uh, swag and backstory and research tidbits and connections with the author that you cannot get if you're just going on to Amazon and buying their book. So there's a lot yeah. to it, and it has been mind-blowing for me. And the first thing that I had to learn when I found out about this thing called subscriptions for authors is... <laughs> what a serial is and what the difference between a serial and a serialized novel is. So I'm going to shut up and, <laughs> and let you, first of all, introduce the listeners if they don't know about this concept of serials. As I say, it's one of the oldest forms of storytelling, actually. So I think everybody knows what a serial is. It's one of those things where you know it when you see it. But for a lot of authors, we never really thought about it because the model for publishing for like the last hundred years, at least, you know, 120 years has been novels, uh, magazines, mm -hmm. some and serializing stories and magazines definitely went up through the mid uh, 20th century. Or the 1900s, as the kids are saying these days, mm -hmm. making us feel super yep. old. Uh, but <laughs> I know how my grandmother felt. Like she was in her 20s in the early 1900s. So she was probably feeling the same agony that we do. But in the modern era of the internet, what's really changed is that there, there are many different ways to tell stories online. And so this has resulted in a resurgence of serialization. And this gets back to the confusion that you were talking about. So what serialization, what is that? Well, that's just sharing installments of a story over a period of time. Mm -hmm. But serialization can apply to any type of format. So format is a short story, a novella, a novel, an epic poem, or a serial. And any one of those formats can be serialized, even short stories. Like a short story is 10,000 words. You might do 10, 1,000 word installments of that story to your newsletter or on your blog. So there's just, there's no limit to what you can serialize, but serials as a format is something that hasn't really been talked about too much because people do that confusion. It's like, well, it was serialized. That makes it a serial. And I'm like, uh, I have purposely portioned that out or pulled that out as a unique format for storytelling. So what is a serial then? Very broadly, a serial is a very long, complex story with nested story arcs. And I think that is really the superseding definition of separating it out. Now, can a novel, a very long novel, have some nested story arcs? It can. Uh, these aren't scientific terms. There are definitely gray areas between them. And I was just talking with another author about that because she has, you know, a couple of 
novels and a novella and then side stories. And she's like, is that a serial? And I was like, well, it can be. I mean, if there's an overarching long-term story arc that these all play into, even if it's a little disjointed and out of order, it could still be a serial. So the, the definition might not necessarily be just one very long story. Uh, an example, modern example, of course, is the manga One Piece, which a lot of people are very familiar with. The anime is up to its thousandth episode. Whoa. Thousand, thousand mm-hmm. something. Yeah, it's been running for years. Uh, the live action just started, but everybody's like, oh, it's only up to like episode five. I'm like, no, no, the anime has been around and the manga is even longer. It, my, I think One Piece has been going for over 20 years. Wow. I had have to check that, but it has been going for a long time. But it's the nested story arc feature that I think is is really important to serials, is to separate them out from anything else that's being serialized. Because a nested story arc means that there is a long story arc, and then there are shorter, what I call seasons, some people are calling them short arcs, um, where individual things happen, but it has a structure to it. But it all plays in under the umbrella of the long story arc. And there can be multiple seasons of arcs of stories going on and even overlapping. But as long as they're nested under a larger story arc, to me, that's the definition of a serial. As opposed to, and this is something we were talking about, Gina, a little bit before we started recording, uh, a, a, a universe, a shared world or something like that, where all the stories are set in a particular universe or a particular uh, type of uh, setting, but they don't necessarily have a larger story arc um, as an umbrella over them. Okay. So that's more of a, a universe. Does that it make does. sense? It does. So I'm thinking particularly in terms of, you know, the novel I'm working on right now is set in my fictional town of Kent Creek, North Carolina. And it is my intention mm-hmm. to, because there are, are so many characters and, you know, of course they all have their own backstories and their own sets of drama that are separate from this mm-hmm. one novel that I'm writing that I will probably be doing some related short stories. And they may have sort of a tenuous connection with uh, certain parts of the novel. If any of our listeners are familiar with the historical fiction writer Eugenia Price, one of the things that made me fall in love with her was I would be reading uh, one novel that something that I had read of hers, you know, two years before alludes to, you know, in sort of a, a, a vague but yet apparent way, but it was not necessarily a related story. There might be some connection of the characters or, you know, a character who knew a character and that sort of thing. But um, I, I can see that that is totally separate from what we're talking about in terms of, of serial, serialized works and serials. It is. I would say that it is related because when you have a shared world like that, and and to me, this is all going back to what I was talking about earlier is the level of freedom that authors now have to create these kind of entities. Um, you could have a shared world, um, the Kent Creek Chronicles, which is, I know what you call it, mm-hmm. um, is can have a novel, which is Dancing at the Orange Wheel, can have short stories, which might focus on individual characters. Mm-hmm. And then who knows, maybe down the road, you will create a serial, which might be uh, the arc of one of the families as they go through generations, mm-hmm. right? So there's 
there's a lot of different ways that authors can set these things up. And I just, my goal with talking about serials is to let people know that there's another option on the table. It's not just novellas, novels, short stories. There's also serials. And you might work towards building a serial. Like there's just so many different ways authors can do it these days. It's just kind of, some people say it's a free for all, but I'm just like, it's, it's amazing. It's like a playground. So, to me. so it's, what, like, where did the, the, where did this begin? Like, I know there's lots of other platforms that some of our listeners may not be aware of, um, you know, uh, Radish and Wattpad and Royal Road. I've heard you talk Bella, about those are not yeah, right. things that I'm familiar with, but those are places that I understand that serials have been very popular. So can you can you kind of fill us in on that a little bit? So serials, like I was talking about earlier, you know, it goes back to the ancient prehistory of humanity. In modern terms, there were serialized stories. Everybody uses uh, Charles Dickens mm-hmm. as an example because sure. his so many of his novels were actually serials, are serials. I, I would say the super long ones um, definitely are serials, and they were intended to be serials. But that kind of fell out by the by the mid nineteen hundreds. By like nineteen fifties, you still had some pulp magazines out there that were science fiction magazines, genre magazines, romance magazines that were doing a few serialized stories but serials themselves have kind of fallen out of vogue like those super long-running things what really took over then was the long epic uh big novels whether they were just literature or you know lord of the rings chronicles of narnia you've got just a lot of these really and represented these days of course by the song of fire and ice Mm -hmm. song of ice and fire i don't know (laughs) the dragons one it's like i get it mixed up so no offense to fans of that particular uh franchise but i'm just not that as familiar with it but when the internet hit when the internet hit and a lot of authors started exploring different ways of sharing their work and i'm trying to remember who wrote the martian do you remember who wrote the martian i should have i should have yeah i know oh my gosh this is so embarrassing i should know this one like off the top of my head um he started serializing his novel the martian when no traditional publishers would pick it up i really should get the dates on that but that action of his represents what was kind of already going on in the background with a lot of other fringe authors. As you know, I'm in the fan fiction community. Uh, one thing I always say is, man, if you want to know what's going to be popular in five years, look at what's being done in fan fiction mm-hmm. right now, because there's really a lot of exploration and, and trying new things out and figuring out what's going to happen. And when live journal became really popular, which was the early two thousands, Fan fiction went from just being a story that got emailed to you or got printed in a, in, a, in a small run zine to being posted in chapters and installments on LiveJournal. Mm. So you have these different pieces coming together in that time span. And then you have, ta-da, ebooks. Kindle appears. People are buying, suddenly ebooks have become marketable and usable and readable, which was a big technological hurdle prior to that, that a lot of publishers and platforms are trying to figure out. So you have this mishmash of a convergence, I should say, of different things happening. You've got people who are, especially younger readers, 
who are getting used to reading things in serial format. And then you have the technology catching up and then you have Kindle coming in and people getting used to having stories immediately on their little electronic device. And then the big kick up, I would say in the modern world in the West, now I'm speaking specifically of the West, uh, China, especially Asia has their own history with this. It's just fascinating, but could be a whole separate episode. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Wattpad hit, I think, 2010? Uh, No, later than that. 2015, 2014. It took off with romance readers and fan fiction readers, but its success was so impressive and so widespread and so big that publishers sat up and took notice. Mm. And that was when you started seeing uh, Vela and Radish appear. You started seeing... um, other platforms happen, Royal Road, and then, of course, leading up to what you and I are on, which is Ream, which was a platform specifically designed for authors of all genres to have a place for our own subscription platform. And so that's kind of, you know, getting back to the idea of how it came about. Mm-hmm. And In regards to serials, as all of this technology and all these convergences were happening and all this was happening, people started going back to serials. And I call it going back to rather than discovering because the serials have always been there, but they've just kind of on the side Mm -hmm. or they kind of been sidelined or they were on somebody's blog. I think uh, Far Away, The Wandering Inn, The Wandering Inn, which is a, a... serial that's been going on also maybe about 20 years and is up to i think like 12 million words oh, word. right like i don't have that's not a personal goal of mine <laughs> but uh but like the martian um it was started on the writer's website and that made it a big hurdle for people to do like as an author that was difficult to do if you didn't have the technology background to put it out yeah. there and that hurdle's basically gone away. And so readers who like... Is that my that dog? That is your dog. Well, thank you, re- listeners. <laughs> Welcome to Keeley's world. <laughs> so we've had this convergence, confluence of technology and desire. And as this has developed, people have started requesting... I'm, like, I'm, tr- I'm stumbling over my words, Gina, because it's like... I think it's been very organic that readers have come to want serials. Mm. And I think it's, it's feeding off of the old television model of, you know, series with multiple seasons. It just, it feeds into people wanting an ongoing story and having, I mean, like, come on, Supernatural went for like 13 seasons. It was embarrassing. (laughs) That show went, uh, but as a serial, like it, people wanted it. People wanted to stay mm-hmm. with those characters. They wanted to keep reading about them and they wanted to keep, you know, that's why fan fiction is so popular to begin with. People don't want to let go of the story. And so writers, as some of us who really love expansive storytelling, which is what I love, like massive world building and long running stories have realized that we can do this now. Like we can do this. The technology is there. The audience is there. The, the will is there like it's it's for me it's very exciting it's very so let's let's talk a little bit about why an author should care about serials like what why are we talking about this and what what opportunities (laughs) does it offer 
to authors? Why should they care? Because if you're just a writer who likes writing your little 50,000 word rom-coms and you're happy like that, then no, don't care. Like, that's fine. Like, nobody's going to force you to sit down and write a, you know, 500,000 word serial. But I think for some of us, like me, who love the world building, who love having log-involved stories, it represents a creative freedom. Uh, you and I have talked to Gina in the past, and I know a little bit on this podcast, about how frustrated I was when I got into the romance genre market, how frustrated I was with the constraints mm -hmm. of the format. Like, I wanted to keep writing stories longer. And when I wrote... Uh, Wolves of Harmony Heights, which is kind of a supernatural polyamorous romance hodgepodge of tropes, <laughs> who's, who's, uh, I was really hard pressed to end it. <laughs> uh, but I knew I needed to because it was already a long novel. I think that book is about 195,000 words. And I was desperate not to make it to 200,000 words because I thought I just can't sell it. And I couldn't figure out how to break it into, say, a trilogy or break it into two parts, which everybody told me I should do if it's that long. But what I had done, what I had done instinctively was write a serial, which was why I couldn't break it into a trilogy because it was just too connected. I could have possibly broken it into like five parts, but uh, five minor arcs that are going through the whole story. I, I was recently re-editing that and kind of noticed that. But at the time, I was just like, I was so excited to write about these characters and write this story. Man, ending it was a trauma. And I just, a few years later, when I realized the possibility of doing serials, and writing just as long as I wanted the story to go, as long as the readers would take it, I was like, man, that's what I've been wanting to do all along. So if you've been feeling frustrated by the format constraints of your genre or your 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 story structure or whatever you're doing, consider serials. Maybe it is you really want to break out of that and do something completely different because we have the freedom to do that now. Well, and we've used a, a lot of, of terms and, and made some references to a few things that we haven't we haven't dived too deeply into, and I want to bring up the fact that you have a book about this called Be an Unstoppable Storyteller uh -huh. that I really do. clarifies what is the difference between a serial and a serialized novel, and, you know, what what does a serial really look like, and it, it, I had the good fortune of editing this book, and I learned so much just in the editing process, and the thing that... Um, the thing that really opened up for me when I realized that serialization and serials are a possibility was, you know, this time last year, I had a novel that I was working on. When I, when mm -hmm. I was introduced to the idea of subscriptions and serials, suddenly I had a world. Kent, Kent <laughs> Creek became more than just the setting for one novel. All of a sudden, all of these different story ideas, some of them related and some not, but all of these different possibilities. And so when you mention creative freedom, that to me is one of the things that really rings true and is a draw for me toward this idea of both subscriptions and serializing. Mm -hmm. And that's just what it's so exciting for me as well, because I can write novels. I think, uh, you know, the Queen's Airy, which I was talking about at the beginning of the podcast, which is my romantic uh, fantasy 
polyamorous story is a novel. It is a novel. I, it's it's in the can. It's got a front and it's a center and an end. It's got one story arc and it's a novel that I am serializing. And I've got Transmigrated Terry, which is going to be a serial, which I I hope is going to be a very long running serial. And I can do both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not I'm not tied like you were saying. It's like, oh, I have a novel and that's all I've got. That's all I'm allowed. Right. Whatever. Like who said that mm-hmm. rule, right? Uh, but you've got Kent Creek Chronicles. And now that's just to open the door for you to just write about the whole history of that of that little, you know, village, bird mm-hmm. town. Um the people, the, the, how it's changed over the years. And you can really explore the history and how it fits into the larger history of the United States. So to me, that's just, that's, I think it's what I've been longing for my entire life really as a writer is just the freedom to be able to share what I want to write with people who want to read it in whatever format that suits the story best mm-hmm rather than suits the publisher best. <laughs> That's the until I realized, until I learned about the fact that subscriptions and serials are a possibility, I didn't know that that was what I was longing for. And I think that that's oh. why when I did discover them, that the sparks flew. I mean, all of a sudden mm. for months, I was just having one idea after another, after another. The, the platforms now and the technology is so much easier than it used to be. You know, this this possibility could not have existed, did not exist when I first, you know, really got serious about my writing a couple of decades ago. And, <laughs> a while and I couldn't have even dreamed that this was a uh, process or a, uh, a way of doing things that I would really embrace. And I'm so excited about what what can happen you know, what, what, what I've got in store for me ahead. I'm excited for you as well, because listeners, let me tell you, I was in the car with her when she had some of these ideas. Mm -hmm. It was just like, boom, incredible idea for a story. And it was just exciting to see that. I think for me, I sublimated a lot of that into the fan fiction um, that I did because I got back into fan fiction about 2007 and I didn't see the possibilities for me as an original fiction writer until recently mm. as well. So I, I do understand that, that just that, like that moment where it all opens up, like the universe expands. And, you know, that's one of the reasons why we're doing this podcast. We want to be able to share with other authors who maybe don't know that and are still stuck on ideas of, you know, what they can't do instead of looking at what they can yes. do. And serials is a part of that. And serialization is a part of that. And subscriptions is a part of that. And it's just an exciting time to be a writer. In my I opinion. agree. I agree. And do listeners, please do explore this topic further. If we've kind of piqued your interest about it. Um, and you mm-hmm. can do that by looking up uh, Kim Boo at houseofyork.info. Did I get that right? You did. Uh, there's a link directly to the page about Become an Unstoppable Storyteller right there at the top of that page. So people can find a link to it, whether they want to buy it from my store direct or if they want to buy it off Amazon or Barnes & Noble or Kobo. You can then Kobo Plus as well. So you should be able to find it in a lot of different places. So we've kind of deviated from uh, the, the sort of schedule that we had set up for ourselves in terms of the topics <laughs> in our podcast. And we have been talking a lot about the creativity quest and then also associating the things in the creativity quest with the seasons, which our other co-host Melody Scout talks about. 
And we're going to get back into that after the first of the year. So, you know, with the holidays and everything, we thought this would be a good time for us to, to kind of throw you guys some bonus episodes about other topics. But beginning in January, we will be getting back to talking about the creativity quest and the seasons of writing. And we've got that planned out. We've got some really interesting topics on those points ahead of us, as always. Gina, your your creativity quest. I know you're putting pulling planning to put that together as a yes. book. But for people who, you know, kind of want to sneak peek or get ahead uh, the curve on that, definitely listen to the episodes. We've, we've already put a lot of them in the can if you want to go back and let's listen to former episodes. And of course, subscribe so you can listen to them as they're being released after the first of the year. It's interesting stuff. I'm learning a lot even after all this time. You teach me so much, Gina. You really oh, do. Thank you. Thank you. You know, it's we're all on that journey and we're, we're on it together and we may be experiencing it in different ways, but there are also a lot of similarities in what we experience and sharing those is important, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely check us all out. And uh, this, this episode's coming out in mid-December. We will be back in early January with uh, our planned schedule going into the creativity quest and seasons of writing. Back to two episodes a month. Back to two episodes a month, back to three co-hosts. Yes. Uh, Melody will finally be off the road. She's been traveling more this this season than I think any other season I've known <laughs> her. She's been on the road a lot, but she will be back. So join us then, subscribe, hit the like button. You can find us on YouTube, all your favorite podcast distribution, Spotify. And on our website at aroundtheriderstable.com. Yes. And on the website, we've got transcripts, a contact form if you'd like to leave a contact. And uh, on older episodes, we usually have worksheets and handouts that are available on the website. And for well. this one, we'll have we'll have some links to the to different things that we've talked about here at the bottom of the show notes. Yep, yep. Gina's going to handcraft those links just for you, listeners. So check it out, and we will be talking to you next year. All Happy right. New Year! <laughs> Happy New Year, y'all. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for joining us around the writer's table. Please feel free to suggest a topic or a guest by emailing info at aroundtheriderstable.com. Music provided with gracious permission by Langtree. A link to their music is on our homepage at aroundtheriderstable.com. Everyone here around the writer's table wishes you joy in your writing and everyday grace in your living. Take care until next time.